Chattanoogans are ready for the next step in, in, in bars and service. And I just, I want to be the one to, to give everyone that, you know. Hey y'all, welcome to the Nuga Bell podcast, all about stories of the South, straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. Hello and welcome. We are back on the Nuga Bell podcast and I am here with James Healy, the owner and operator of a very exciting new addition to Chattanooga's food and drink scene. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, so yeah. glad you're here and yeah. excited to um, have a nice little cocktail to celebrate. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So your accent isn't exactly Tennessee. Not quite, <laughs> not quite, no. Uh, so I'm from England. We're in England. London. Um, so my dad used to live in Greenwich. So do you know Greenwich Mean Time? Daylime. Yeah, exactly. There's a park there with a whole like observatory and a time... <laughs> That's where we used to live. Oh, very nice. So I used to go between London and Nottingham, which is Robin Hood country. That's where mm-hmm. my mum used. That's where my mum used to live. So. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you just said Greenwich. I was about to say what neighborhood in London? <laughs> <laughs> I studied abroad in London, actually. That's so awesome. I have the like super touristy picture of me with like one foot on each side of the date. Oh, line. <laughs> it's got to be done. All of that stuff. It has to be done. Mm-hmm. It's like the Friends episode with uh, Jerry and Chandler. Mm. You get the two types of people that yep. go, the people that try and act really cool and like not into it, or you fully go for it. I'm, I'm a fully go for Me it too. guy. Yeah, definitely. I'm still, there's still some touristy stuff in Chattanooga that I haven't done, and I've lived here for three years and I haven't done it yet. Me too. There's so much stuff that I need to do still. Mm-hmm. So much stuff. I So I grew up in Atlanta, so we used to come up here a couple times a year just to get out of Atlanta for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I did the whole like Ruby Falls and Incline Railway thing when I was a kid. Right. Haven't done it yet as an adult. Right. I hear you. I've still not been out to Ruby Falls either. It's one of those like bucket list things you have to do, mm-hmm. but it, you only need to do it once. Right. I hear you. So where did you study in London? Um, in England, I should say. We didn't really do it through a university in London. Um, it was an independent program through uh, my university here. Okay. Um, we lived out in Bethnal Green. All right. Out in East London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did our classes in Russell Square. All right. Very which, cool. Once I figured out how to walk everywhere, mm-hmm. I, I would just take the tube from Bethnal Green out to Hoburn and then just walk everywhere I needed to go. Because I figured out I could get to Covent Garden and Leicester Square yeah. and like everywhere I needed to go from like that one station. The it tube, was so nice. The tube is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The best. It's so good. Once you get used to it, once you when you get there as a tourist and you don't know what you're doing, it is really difficult to work out. But once you've figured out the secret, you're there. Oh, yeah. You're there. It took me, like, two days to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good going. I have a hard time with, like, the DC Metro and, like, the New York subway system. But give me the London Underground and... The color system. I feel like the color system is pretty, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I, I just... All I remembered was red dark blue and green <laughs> and I was perfect <laughs> what's that central's red I know central's red mm-hmm. green oh man I forget them now the occasional northern line yeah yeah it's too it's it's, uh, it's an awesome thing it's mm-hmm. an awesome thing so what brought you to Chattanooga so my fiance is actually from Gatlinburg oh okay yeah but how she did went, y'all meet oh man it's 
It's a long story. I'll cut, it, I'll cut it as short as I can. So we met in Guatemala. Casual. I, casual, casual. I was traveling on a 12-month sabbatical. Okay. I went to university. I had to get the serious job. That was the, that was the thing, right? So I was a technology consultant. I hated the job. <laughs> so 16 months in, I was like, oh, this is rubbish. I'm going to take a 12-month sabbatical. So I asked the company. They were fine. And in the 10th month, I met Stevie. She was traveling with her three sisters and a friend. Okay. And I was traveling with my best mate. He joined me for my last three months. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, of course, at the end of the 12 months, I had no money. So I was like, kind of, will you have me back? Can I, can I come back to work? I need some money. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the company I was, my client was Walmart. Out okay. In Bentonville, Arkansas. So I flew out there. And after a few months of long distance, Stevie came to move in. She actually went to UTC. Which oh, is, okay. So a lot of her friends are still around. And um, yeah, we decided this was the place to be. Nice. I'd visited, I'd visited a few times, but um, yeah, that was it. So we, I almost set this bar up in Laos, of all places, in Luang Prabang, which is in between uh, uh, Thailand and Vietnam. We were there, and I was like, I was itching to start this bar somewhere, and I was like, this is, we found an awesome space. And then when it got down to it, I spoke to Stevie, I said, you know, you might not be able to see your family and friends that much. They might not even visit. And she kind of broke down and was like, oh, I don't want to do it. And I was like, well, let's not do it then. Where should we go? And then we decided, let's do Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did you end up as a bartender? So I started off as a pot washer, a dishwasher, I should okay. say, when I was 13 years old at my local pub. It's like a rite of passage, I feel like, in England. It's a, like a character building exercise. <laughs> and uh, so I started there. Moved up to kitchen staff and then bartender there. It's not so much cocktails in a pub as just pouring beers all night long. Maybe the odd glass of wine and the odd glass of fizz, but beers. Then I went to university, of course, after 18. I worked in clubs and then moved up to kind of cocktail bars. And then through my travels, my old man, my dad lives in Sydney now, so I've worked in, in Sydney as well in a couple of cocktail bars. And it's always been there. So when I did go on that sabbatical, I was kind of like, what do you want to do? If this isn't what you want to do, what do you want to do? And I kept going back to this thing of the relationship side is what I love so much, you know. I kept going back to this thing of starting a bar in somewhere foreign, somewhere tropical. Should I do it in West Indies? I don't know where I want to go. And, but I always wanted to start that bar. And then from there, I've kind of, the last three, four years, it's been in the making this. Mm -hmm. So... And you got a really nice space for it. We're recording this episode in what will be the space of Chattanooga's first speakeasy. And you've got the nice, like, exposed brick, and it's very industrial. And yeah. I really cannot wait to see how all this comes together. You were telling me a little bit about your vision when I came in. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. So this space, yeah, so this has been three or four years in the making, this bar. I always wanted the exposed brick. It was always something in my mind. I was like, it's got to be exposed grit, brick. It's really gritty. It's really trendy. It's New York. It's London. Those awesome cities, you know. So when we walked past this, I was like, oh, my goodness. This is, this is the place. This is the place. But the vision for London Calling is, is just that. It's a, it's a big city bar in our awesome little city. I feel like Chattanoogans are ready for the next step in, in, in bars and service. And I just I want to be the one to to give everyone that, you know. Uh, so we've gone down the line of a speakeasy, 
which is something I've always thought was fascinating, mm -hmm. that kind of Prohibition era. Completely different vibe. Oh, yeah. Just super, just super cool. I just love that. And there's obviously, there's been a, a boom of them in New York and in London as well, and I just love those. Some of those bars are my favorite bars. So employees mm -hmm. only in New York. You got the Dead Rabbits, not so much as a speakeasy, but still an awesome bar made by two Irish guys. And then throughout London, there's, there's tons of them. So I wanted to bring that kind of concept and that kind of coolness to the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely sure. something we don't have yet. Right, right. And, and I'm so surprised. I was, so while I was trying to get my visa, my visa was 10 months to get my visa. And all the while, because we had this thing, I knew I was going to set up as soon as I got back. I was just watching the news, like, you know, Times Free Press and Nougat.com. And I was just like, no, please, no one set up a speakeasy. <laughs> please, no one set up a speakeasy. I need to be the first guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm so surprised that no one's done it yet. But I'm so excited to, mm -hmm. to, to be the first and bring that to the, to the city. Mm -hmm. We're super excited. The positivity from people has been immense. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when you're starting a business, there's always that back of your night mind niggling like is it gonna work are people gonna like it I can honestly say that about one percent of the population have been kind of negative or like that's a rubbish idea but everyone's loving it which mm -hmm. is so great for me so great especially for like our age group I'm a, I'm gonna take a gander that you're <laughs> not you're not that much older than I am but like, especially like our age group, we love an excuse to get into like Prohibition era, like right. Great Gatsby and yep. get like gussied up and go out and drink fancy stuff. Yeah. So we just needed a place to do that consistently. Right. Rather than just like special occasion parties. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and I, I want that. It's, it's so cool. And I, I feel like, yeah, our, our age group, I am 20, I'm 27, by the way. So oh, we're the same age. Probably as I was thinking about the same age. Um, yeah, I, the people, the people of our age group are definitely our major target target market. But anyone that wants like a unique experience, to try us, and I hope when people try us, they'll keep coming back to us because we're not just. A, I don't think the vision is not just a one-off speakeasy where people just come for dates or special events or just for the old cocktail. Obviously, me growing up on pub culture, I love the relationship side where people come to the pub every day obviously don't regulars. come every day yeah don't come maybe come every day but we'll keep an eye on you not making sure you're not <laughs> drinking too much but yeah regulars and I think when people come and see the atmosphere and that's more what I'm trying to create the atmosphere that I hope people just keep coming back mm -hmm. to us yeah. I've been a regular I kind of go through cycles but once I like find a place yeah. like I'm a regular there and most of my friends have like their spot right. that they call like their cheers that's all yeah and like I've known people who literally they have their seat yeah. at the bar <laughs> yeah that's awesome I love that like the old man with his, his name written on the stool mm -hmm. I always that's the great thing about bars that mm -hmm. kind of community that you can build that's just so cool I've gone to places with friends or like met a friend at a certain places and I'll get there before they do and then I'll sit at, quote unquote, the wrong end of the bar. And they're like, no, I sit on this <laughs> side. And I'm like, it's a bar. They're still going to give you beer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's serious stuff, though. Don't mess with that. Yeah, yeah. If you I learned, learned very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I've been to some pubs where I've sat in a, on this spot and like an old boy's come up to me and just looked at me. And like at yeah, that moment, you know, you've you got you to hop it and move somewhere else because yep. you sat in his seat. <laughs> He whips out his newspaper and his beer, and that's it for him for a yep. bit. Sometimes they just have it waiting for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah, that's, that's when I used to work as a barman. There's a few few boy, old boys that I knew. I saw them either coming through the car park or walking down the road, and I knew I had to get a Guinness mm -hmm. or a John Smith or a London Pride on the, on the, on the bar mm -hmm. top ready for them. Which... So what's your favorite English beer? Ooh, what a question. 
What a question. London Pride is a great one. I don't think I had that one. It's a, yeah, it was big, Fuller's. Uh, so it's more like an ale. So okay. obviously for me, yeah, ales are obviously a bigger thing mm-hmm. in like room temperature beers. Uh, but there's one called Doom Bar, which is D-O-O-M. And then bar is as a bar. And it's from Cornwall. Did you go down to Cornwall? You I did not. So down the south coast, beautiful place. Uh, probably our most beautiful beaches in England, at least. Mm-hmm. I've seen photos. And they brew it down, brew it down there, and that's a fantastic ale. It's really good. But we're actually in discussions to uh, bring London Pride over to the bar so we can stock a, a fully English ale. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Super I'm authentic. Really, yeah, really cool. But that's a very good beer as well. It's my, actually my uncle, Andy, he only drinks that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he loves it. Uh, I was back in England in April visiting some friends. Um, I have friends who live in Cambridge, and I went up to see them and... The last time I was there when I studied abroad, I wasn't like super into beer, but as I've gotten older, I got into it. Right. So I told them like, I want to drink some like actual English beers that I can't get in the States. Yeah. So I had Bombardier. Yeah, yeah. Um, they actually used to sponsor my uh, football soccer team. Oh, really? Yeah, funny enough. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I wish I could remember what some of the others are, but I remember just going to the market with my friend and his dad. And just saying, like, oh, I, I want to try some English beers. And just, like, this one, this one, this one, this one. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> but I had that. And I feel like I had one at a pub called, like, Whitsable Bay. Yeah. Something like that. Whitney, it was a little light. Whitney Bay? Whitley Bay? Maybe. Maybe. It's in the northeast, Whitley Bay. Oh, I don't remember. No, I had it in Southampton. We went down to uh-huh. Southampton for a, a football match. Because my friends are big Southampton supporters. Really? That was an experience. That's actually close to where I'm born as well. Bournemouth is oh. the next town along. That's where I'm born. Oh, um, my friend went to university there. Yeah? Yeah. Really nice place. Loved Both it. Southampton and Bournemouth are I really nice places. I love Southampton. Yeah. Would love to go back and just do like the southern coast. Yeah. Yeah. Were I'm... you fortunate enough to get sun? We did. Yes. So my first <laughs> two days there right. was like your typical English weather. It was chilly, cloudy, foggy, kind of spit rain all day. Typical weather, yeah. And then it started to clear up. And then towards the end of my trip, I got like sunny, probably in like the mid 60s. So I got both, best of both worlds. That's pretty lucky though. Um, But the day we went to Southampton, we got really good weather. Nice, nice. So got to see the bay and like eat on the marina and watch Southampton lose at home Mm. to Chelsea, but. Well, to be expected, Chelsea are pretty good. Well, they were Southam was up to nothing, huh? and then Chelsea scored three goals in like eleven minutes. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Then, I bet your friends were not happy. No, they were not. Like I remember uh. hearing something that the Chelsea fans were singing, and all of a sudden my friend's dad just like covered my ears and was like, "You're too young to be hearing this." And I was like, <laughs> "I can't even understand what they're saying." Yeah. So there you go. But English football is a lot of fun. Oh. Um, my team's Derby County. Okay. Yeah, so we're in the, the, the league down from the Premiership. Okay. We're Champions? Champi- yeah, yep. Championship, good, good knowledge, yeah. Um, we're doing pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Last year we made it to the playoffs, we lost, is what it is, and uh, this year we're doing pretty well. Oh, good. But we're not a very good team. Mm. We're not, but it's, if you're born in a place, you, that's just who you support. That's who you follow and that's it forever, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Bournemouth, I just said, but... Derby is where I live, well, Nottingham Derby is where I lived for 
since I was what three. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I sport derby, and that's just who you follow for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't matter if they're rubbish or if they're the best team in the world. <laughs> I was that's trying to place your accent a little bit. I was like, is he northern or southern? Yeah, pretty <laughs> neutral, I think. Uh, yeah, that was one thing I really picked up. Um, last time I was there because my friends they live in Cambridge right. but then hearing the people from Southampton talk yeah. and then um, like people who are from like Manchester and Liverpool the accent's completely it's different am- it is amazing when you start to think about it how small our country is but the different dialects and different mm-hmm. languages it's crazy how many there are packed into that small space did mm-hmm. you ever come across a Geordie guy? I did not now that stuff is like <laughs> alien language honestly <laughs> It's the hardest to imitate, and Welsh is pretty hard to imitate. Welsh yeah. is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. This, I love Scouse accents. Mm-hmm. Scouse is the best. In my flight over there, I, I flew out of Charlotte, I guess. So from my Charlotte to London flight, the guy sitting next to me was from Scotland. Mm. And when I just, like, first talked, he had asked me, like, oh, is this your first time to England, to London? And I said, no, it's my third. And then I asked him where in England he was from, Mm-mm. And he, he said, like, oh, I'm from Scotland. Yeah. And I was like, there it is. There there There's that Scottish brogue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scotland's a funny place as well, because if you're from Edinburgh, a lot of those guys speak with almost an English accent. Mm-hmm. It's very, su- very subtle. So if you don't know that what you're looking for, you, it'll sound English to you. Yep. Yeah. That might have been what his thing was. I, he might have been from Edinburgh, and yeah. I just couldn't quite right. get that nuance. Then he said Scottish, Scotland. and I was like, there we go. Yeah, 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 there, you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <sighs> All right, what have you made us to drink tonight? So you have in your hand a, a full special, just a simple uh, maple syrup, old-fashioned. Yum. Because you said you like bourbon i do anything under the whiskey umbrella there we go being a southern girl oh yes and uh we got so uh yeah maple old-fashioned for you and i've just gone for a classic manhattan Very nice. but on the sweet side because i'm more of a gin guy oh okay so i dial it back a my bit dad's inside. a gin guy yeah my dad only drinks craft beer gin and whiskey yeah it's pretty good mm-hmm. it's a pretty good range though i'm a big beer guy too I love a, I love a good beer. Mm-hmm. But gin's my gin's my go-to spirit. It's like the workhorse of the cocktail world. Yeah. You can pretty <laughs> much do anything with gin. Mm-hmm. Whiskey, as well, pretty pretty versatile. Uh, vodka's just kind of boring. Vodka's a weird one because you do get interesting vodkas, but it depends. Some vodka brands like to to filter all the flavor out, mm-hmm. and that's their brand. They like to give you something flavorless, and then you put fruit in it and make it really tasty. But others, like Polish vodka, they try and keep some of the flavors in. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the American market is very much the charcoal filtered, make sure it tastes... I mean, vodka's pretty versatile too, though. You yeah. can make some tasty stuff. I only use vodka in cooking. Yeah? I, on, I only the? use it in pasta sauce. <laughs> yeah, they have, oh yeah, I was going to say they have vodka And pasta. that's one thing, that's one mistake you only make once. What, too much? Too much No, vodka? not cooking it out all the way. Oh, really? I, yeah, I made uh, vodka sauce for some pasta once. This was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> and the recipe I was following said to like, called for like a quarter cup of vodka and then said like, cover it and simmer it for like 20 minutes. And right. I was like, that seems kind of long, but okay. And it started to like, it looked like it was burning on top. Mm. And I was like, that can't be right. So I took it off and then mixed my pasta in the sauce and everything. And I ate it and I didn't like taste anything weird. 
And then my friend and I went out a couple hours later and I had like my one drink and I was just like, I shouldn't feel this way after one <laughs> drink. Like this is bad. The vodka pasta got you. A little bit, yeah. And then I woke up the next morning and was like, why do I feel like crap? And then I went and like smelled my leftover pasta and I was like, oh, oh no. That's the, wor- that's the worst part of that story because I'd be waiting for the leftovers the next day. <laughs> that's the worst part. You, could, you probably couldn't eat it because of the smell of vodka on it. Um, I put it back in the pan and added some like milk and olive oil and like cooked it out a little bit All more. Right. But nice. I was just like, nope, listen to the recipe next time. <laughs> <laughs> too funny, too funny. Let's play with my jar now. Oh, I've been looking forward to this jar. Yes. So if you have been listening to the show, you know what the jar is. But for new listeners, it is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper with fun questions and icebreakers and just fun things to play with. I've been looking forward to, honestly. I'm so excited about what's in this jar. Okay. So you know know the game. I know the jar. All right. Favorite book you read in school? Ooh. Uh, so since we're on the topic of like all things England, I was a Shakespeare nerd. Yeah, really. I love Shakespeare. Do you went? Do you went to the Globe Theatre? I did. Yeah, I saw nice. four plays at the Globe. Oh. We saw Midsummer Night's Dream, The Tempest, Macbeth, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Like true, like Scotland, Scottish. Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. That's awesome. And then. I saw an all-female cast version of The Taming of the Shrew. Mm. And that was also, like, unbelievable. Did you go to the Globe in Stratford or the one in London? Or in both? London. Yeah. I haven't made it to Stratford yet. No. That's um, it's a really nice place. Beautiful place. I've heard. If you ever get the chance. I really want to. Yeah. Um, Taming of the Shrew was great. Hamlet's my favorite play, though. Yeah. And I haven't seen Hamlet on stage yet. Mm. So Hamlet's next. So which is your favorite book, then? Do we get to it? Oh, book. Yeah. Um, oh, Shakespeare, I guess, did plays and sonnets. Um, you got to pick one, though, haven't you? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I was an English major. I read a lot. <laughs> That's hard for you, yeah, I guess. Um, I'd say mine has got to be memorable is Lord of the Flies. I read that in uh, high school as well. We were probably... 13 or 14, mm-hmm. so we weren't, we weren't the most empathetic of creatures at that time either, so we were like, ha that's quite funny. Looking back, is absolutely awful, but it was a good book. It was, mm-hmm. At least it grabbed my attention, whereas a lot of stuff of that age really didn't. No. No, I just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> just running around, kicking a football around. That was about, <laughs> that was about my life at that, that point. Um, if I were to pick a book, I would have to say 1984 by George Orwell. Oh, awesome book. Loved 1984. Scary book, though, but awesome mm-hmm. book great book um i love like i hesitate to call 1984 satire yeah but i guess it kind of is but i love that kind of stuff yeah um i liked the cru well the crucible is also a play but i liked the crucible um gosh now i'm going back to high school and trying to think of everything that i read the scarlet letter scarlet yeah we did that what's that nathaniel hawthorne right mm-hmm. we did scarlet letter yeah class all the classics yep I feel like as well that I, we did that at high, your high school. So mm-hmm. both those books I just said we did at our high school, mm-hmm. which was I feel like those two books are just way too deep for me to understand that age. Right, <laughs> like, right. I barely even get it now. I mean, and yeah, come on. No, I didn't have a clue what was going on with those no. two books. Very oh my gosh. deep, really deep. I remember reading A Tale of Two Cities 
in ninth grade yeah. and just having like no grasp of it and just as like a 14 year old just being like Charles Dickens <laughs> shut up yeah yeah what's but this guy got, on about but he got paid by the word so of course he was gonna mm. you know is that true yep he got he was paid by the word because um he started publishing a tale of two cities as like a serial thing in the local newspaper ah. so he got paid like a penny a word that's pretty awesome. I didn't know that. And that's probably why the opening paragraph of A Tale of Two Cities is as long as it is. Wow. Yeah. Always editor was really lazy. <laughs> didn't bother to cut anything out. I was like, yeah, you're a genius. That seems all right to me. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me yeah. at all. Fair enough. You pick. My pick. All right, what are we going? Green, blue, pink. Oh, what? I want to go for blue. The one show I could binge watch over and over is... Oh, the one show I could binge watch over and over is Mad Men. Best TV show ever made. Well, Game of Thrones and Mad Men, I will say. Sorry. Okay. I was hasty. Have not watched either one of those. Really? I've somehow missed the craze of both oh, of those. Oh, man. I really should watch Mad Men because I work in advertising. Oh, it's awesome. It's more like the guy's so twisted up and you can kind of see yourself in him a little bit and you can empathize. It's just... Mm-hmm. And the cine- because I'm interested in that kind of historical time period as well and the whole cocktail thing in that as well bringing mm-hmm. that back is so cool in that uh, so I've been watching The Great British Bake Off on Netflix <laughs> with Mary Berry yes and Paul Hollywood <laughs> it's, it's huge it's that so show great. is huge I love it it's crazy how big that show's gone mm-hmm. honestly I yeah I started watching it last weekend and I've already gone through three seasons wow that's serious well, I just put it kind of on in the background because I cook and bake a lot on the right, weekends. Right, right, right. But I put it, like, pull it up on my computer while I'm in the kitchen, and yep. I can, like, watch and listen while I'm baking everything. And I really get in my zone when I'm baking if I have, like, a cooking show on in the background. I can, I can understand that, yeah. And I needed a new cooking show because I was tired of, like, pulling up videos on YouTube. Right. And I had had other friends tell me how great it was, and I was just like, you know what, I'll give it I'll give it a shot. It's, it's gone huge. In England, I feel like it was, for a long time, the most watched show every week while it was on. I don't know what... I, I've never personally watched like a full episode. My grand loves it. My mum loves it. But it was massive. It was absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought someone came up with the idea like, right, let's bake some cakes. <laughs> let's put it on TV. <laughs> let's put everyone in a tent in right. the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, what an idea. Fantastic. Yes. All right, let's do another round. I'm going to go, let's get this green one down here. How do you take your coffee? Ooh. Half a packet of sugar. Right. uh, And a little bit of vanilla almond milk. Mm, Nice. I do the almond milk, although I do prefer regular milk. Mm -hmm. But all we have now in the house is almond milk, so I've just learned to deal with it. I didn't like coffee for the longest time mm-hmm. until I went to Guatemala actually only a couple of years ago and I kind of just made myself try it over and over again to get to kind of make my palate understand it mm-hmm. so I started off real milky but as it's gone on I can pretty much I'm, I like mine black now I a little bit of sugar a little bit of sweetener no, I can't do black coffee quite yet but yeah. it's definitely gotten stronger and stronger depends what you need it for because if I drink too much I get really shaky mm-hmm. yeah so I have to kind of tone it but tone it down if I've got some meetings or mm-hmm. so related question how do you take your tea Ooh, tea is a serious business in England oh yes. tea people take it very seriously oh yes uh, I'm just 
milk and one sugar. Okay. Milk and one sugar, yeah. But that's just for black tea. If I'm having green tea, mm -hmm. I don't mess around with milk and stuff because it goes really weird. Mm -hmm. you know? Some people do that. Not for me. But black tea, like what we're used to, mm -hmm. milk and one sugar. Okay. Standard. Very nice. But it's all about the brewing time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, so when I went to England back in April, I came back with about 10 boxes of tea and coffee. Nice. I had to like ask my friends to weigh my suitcase. What brand? That's important. Um, Twinings. Yeah. I love Twinings. Yeah. Um, I got one from Marks and Spencer. Marks and Spencer's an awesome place. Um, Whittards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a couple from there. Fancy place. Oh man, I... Is that heaven for you? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my friend and I went to Covent Garden the day we went into London and I told him, I was like, I want to go to Whittards. Mm. And we, we must have spent two hours in there just going around and smelling everything. Oh, it's a good shop. Um, Twinings, Marks and Spencer, Whittards, Morrison's, because that was the market that was closest to their house. So I just like picked a couple of things from there. Right. And... I think that was all the tea that I came back with, but I love Costa coffee. Oh yeah, do, you, do we not have Costa in America? Um, I feel like I've is, never yeah. seen it. Costa's a couple, good. Of, a couple of the bigger cities are getting Pretz. Mmm, now Pretz, awesome. Pretz is awesome. But Costa and Cafe Nero were my two. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you go to Cafe Nero? That's I, my place. I love Cafe Nero. Those were my two. Yeah, very and I good got. Stuff. I just ran out of it actually, but I bought a bag of ground Costa coffee and I just used my last bit. Now I'm like, Dude, my, Amazon, find me this. My granddad's coming over in about a month's time. I'll get him to bring you some, a bag of, a bag of tea, oh, tea of your choice. Oh my goodness. <laughs> After my own heart. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He'll be happy to do it, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I love Earl Grey. Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're actually going to have a sneak peek. An Earl Grey fizz on the menu, which is Ooh. like Earl Grey tea with a bit of vodka and some champagne there. <gasps> a little lemon twist, lemon spiral, I should say. That sounds fabulous. It's very floral, but it's very nice. Ooh, I'm excited balanced. for that. Yeah. That might get me to try gin. It's vodka. That one's vodka. Oh, vodka, yeah, vodka, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can put gin in it for you. It's, it's that, all right. The, ooh, like the... The botanicals? Yeah. Yeah, it'd probably work. Because gin has that real juniper. Mm -hmm. So the story, do you know the story about Earl Grey? Do you know no, why it's I called that? So, I don't know, is it bergamot or bergamot? Mm, bergam I say bergamot. Bergamot, it's probably bergamot. <laughs> uh, so apparently, Lord, um, Lord Grey saved a wealthy Chinese man's son from drowning. So he gave him a present of bergamot-flavored tea. He brought that back to England, and then from there it was known as Earl Grey tea. Oh, okay. Mm. That was 1803, I think, something around there. So. Interesting. The more you know. There you go. There awesome. you go. You taught me about the Dickens. I'm teaching you about Earl Grey. Yes. I go. love it. All right, pick one. Pick another one. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Pink. Pink, pink, pink. I need some new colors next time. Oh, this is quite good. What do you miss the most about your hometown? What do I... I, I suppose I should say, like, my mum or something, shouldn't I? <laughs> That's the right answer. But fish and chips, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Fish and chips, yeah. Good, a good ale, though, down the pub. Mm -hmm. Maybe a pub. Maybe that's what it is. A pub where I can get ale and fish and chips would probably the, be the best thing for me. That's probably about There right. was a pub that I went to in Greenwich. Oh, yeah? And I wish I could remember the name of it, but I had proper fish and chips and an ale there. Yeah. And I remember, like, having... Because I'm not a big fish person, but I was like, I'm in London. I need to get fish and chips. Got to do it. Got to do it. 
and they came with like the mushy peas and all that kind of Do stuff. Do you like mushy peas? I don't. Oh. But I, I ate them oh, really? for the experience. <laughs> for the experience. I, I choked them down for the experience. <laughs> I love mushy peas, but I, again, I didn't always like mushy peas. I love them now though. Mm-hmm. Can't get enough of them now. Funnily enough, I just found a British sex in, in Publix, which oh, really? I was super stoked about. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's getting better too. Yeah, I've, the international sections at grocery stores are getting yeah. a lot better. For sure, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fish and chips and a good ale. It's a bit unimaginative, but that's probably about what I do miss. Mm-hmm. I don't miss an awful lot, to be honest. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff here. So. Mm-hmm. I would say, so I moved around a lot growing up, so I don't really have what I would call like a true hometown, mm-hmm. but I'm originally from North Carolina. Right. So I would say I miss barbecue. Right, I love barbecue. It's one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. America. Barbecue is awesome. I, I love it. I miss North Carolina style barbecue so, so talk, much. Yeah, what's the style? Because I don't know much about the styles. Okay, so there are a lot of different there's barbecue styles Texas. in the South. There's Texas. There's Texas. There's Memphis Carolina. Dry Rub. Yeah. There's Kansas City. Kansas, I was going to say, I've had Kansas City before. Um, South Carolina has like a mustard-based sauce. That's the weird one, yeah. That's real weird. Yeah. Alabama does this like white mayo-based disgusting Ooh, nastiness. I tried that the other day at the whiskey festival at the Choo Choo. It was quite nice. It was on a chicken wing. I will admit, not on like a brisket or anything, but it was quite good. Maybe I just haven't had it right yet. Mm, maybe. Um, but in North Carolina, there are two types of barbecue. You have your Eastern style, which is, all North Carolina barbecue is smoked pulled pork. Right. Um, and the Eastern style is in a vinegar-based sauce, so it's kind of tangy, got a little bit of a bite to it, kind of okay. spicy, okay. and it's not super heavy. Okay. And then you have Lexington style, which is, again, smoked pulled pork, but the sauce is like sweeter, smokier, kind of like ketchup-based. That's the one I like. Tomato-based. Yeah, I really like the, uh, the molasses one, the mm-hmm. sweet but smoky. Yeah. I love that one. So... I will eat either one of them. If you put a plate of North Carolina barbecue in front of me, I won't say no to it. But if given a choice, I will take the Lexington style over the Eastern style. Fair enough. Good to know. Where's the best barbecue place around here? Because I've been asking people. There's a place on Signal Mountain Road. Shuford's. Shuford's. Right? I would say that's probably my favorite so far. Okay, I need to check. That's just around the corner from where I live. So me I've, too. I've been looking at that place for a while and okay. kind of thinking that's something that Bourdain would eat at, like some shack. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's got to be good. You should eat it at Shuford's. I've heard that Purple Daisy okay. is good. Where's that? It's in St. Elmo. All right. Purple so if Daisy. you know where 1885 is, yes, yeah, it's yeah. kind of around the corner from there. Okay. I haven't been there yet, but I hear it's good. All right. Yeah, I need to check it out. Mm-hmm. I love barbecue. I really do. What's not to love about it? Oh my gosh. Awesome. Barbecue and some mac and cheese. I was going to ask you, what's the sides? Yeah, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is my uh, choice. I like I like the barbecue beans. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. And coleslaw. Slaw, not for me. So one of the things that's big in North Carolina barbecue is when you make a barbecue sandwich, you put coleslaw on top of the barbecue. All right. And that's the thing I only started doing as I got older. It makes sense with the textures, like the soft pork and then, mm-hmm. yeah, the crunchy. Especially if you have the Eastern style that's more like tangy, that creaminess really like balances You're making it out. me really hungry now. I've <laughs> had <laughs> dinner and I'm like, this sounds awesome. I haven't had dinner yet either, so I'm right there with you. Oh, Wait. man. Um, I think it's your turn to pick one more. 
Did I? No, I, I picked that one, didn't I? Oh, no, you did the green one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or the pink one. We can pick Okay, let's do one more each. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get another green one here. Ooh, this is one I haven't drawn yet. Red velvet, carrot, or hummingbird cake? I don't even know what hummingbird cake is. That's a very southern thing. It's, I can't remember exactly what's in it, but it's like pineapple um, and spices, I think. That sounds all right to me. Um, I will go red velvet. I love a good red velvet cake because it's not super sweet, but you still get the chocolate in it. And then you get the cream cheese frosting. Cream cheese frosting is great. A great invention. Credit to whoever did that. <laughs> but um, I'm a big cake guy. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. I was at a party yesterday and I had three different types of cake and I ate too much. <laughs> and I made myself feel slightly ill. Um, carrot cake for me is awesome. Well, that was an option, right? Yeah. Carrot, cake. carrot cake is awesome. I love that. All the cinnamon. And it's mm -hmm. all, if you get it moist, that's mm -hmm. the key. Yeah, good carrot cake. But red velvet is also really great. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that before I came to the States. Oh, yeah. I've not had it. It's a very regional thing. Yeah, I felt like it was. But mm -hmm. no, nah, good carrot cake. That's the one. With a cup of coffee at a coffee stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We killed it. That's, what, that's the way it's at. Absolutely. All right, finish this off here. Finish this off. What other we, color have we not gone for? Uh, we've got two greens well, and two pinks. It's got to be a blue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After a long day at work, you'll probably find me dot 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 at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, super easy. Hello. On the other side of the bar. Mm, yeah, yeah, on the other <laughs> side of the bar. Exactly, exactly. Checking someone else's bar out, probably. Yeah, that's, that's an easy one. Mm -hmm. What about you? Mine's in the kitchen. Yeah. Either in the kitchen baking something or on the couch with my cat. Yeah, on the cat. I've got, I've seen your cat on Instagram, by the way. She's awesome. Oh, my little gray fluff ball. We've got a gray cat as well. His name's Smokey. We picked him up. He's a stray. He actually came to our house like three months ago. Aww. But he's awesome. But yeah, they look really similar. I've been mm -hmm. seeing them. My parents used to have a Russian blue. What's a Russian blue? So it's, they're kind of gray, but they're like blue gray, but they're short hair. Ooh. And she, was a, she wasn't a full-blooded Russian blue, but she was like close enough that we pretty much, she had to have been close, so we just called her Russian blue. Um, she passed away back in February, but it was funny because when I go out to my parents' house, I take my cat with me. Right. The two of them, they look so, or they looked so much alike, but my cat's fluffier. Right. And like half her size. Yeah, yeah. But it was, <laughs> I have like the greatest pictures of like the two of them like curled up next to each other oh, on like blankets. That's and so sweet. I'll, I'll show them to you after we finish recording, yeah. but my little fluff ball. Nah, same as me. At the bar or on the sofa watching some Netflix show or something. Usually not my pick either, usually Stevie's, my fiance's pick. <laughs> I have to kind of go along with that. Awesome, that was fun. Yeah, dude. I, was I, that everything you dreamed of? Yeah, it was. I kind of want to dig through all of them, do them all, but. Let's do one more. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's hey, good. that's, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's do one more. I'll shuffle them up a little bit more. Yeah, no, I've been wanting to do the game. I was, been listening and right. thinking, what's it? Is it your pick again? Yeah, it is. It's my pick. Let's go with this one. Last one. Oh, I've answered this one before. Oh, rubbish. Um, I've answered this one before, but I'm curious to what you think. Okay, okay. Because I have stories associated with this. My favorite brunch in Chattanooga. Ooh. Brunch is a massive thing here. It's like, <laughs> it's like a cult status where you go to brunch. Yes. 
Um, I have not been, honestly, to that many brunch spots. Okay. Um, but the one I went to that really impressed, impressed me was uh, Foodworks. Mm, the, cla- mm-hmm. the classic, I suppose. Yes. Um, but I had something... It was either a breakfast burrito... Well, my fiance had a breakfast burrito and I had the fried chicken and waffles or something. Yes. But it was... Chicken and waffles is a southern classic. Yeah. So it's the first time I'd ever had it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. But I was impressed with, with that place. I was really food impressed work, with that place. Food Works shines at brunch. Yeah. That's when you go to Food Works. My favorite is Stir. Stir. I've heard Stir's good. I, I do like Stir. They've done a brilliant job. And they have a space. really good cocktail program too. They do. It was one of the, one of the places I really quite enjoy in the, in mm-hmm. the city. Yeah. That's so Stir's Stir, good. Food Works, and Feed Co. are my three. I've not been to Feed for brunch, but I have been for a few drinks, mm-hmm. I would say. You get in a picture with me, it's always for a few drinks, not so not so much food. <laughs> it's always, I'll go for a few drinks. No, I like feed too, that's a good play. But I think Stir's fantastic. They've done mm-hmm. a really good job with that space. Yeah. It's Talking such, about exposed brick too. Right, similar. Similar mm-hmm. to our space. I, I, I personally wouldn't like to take on a space of that magnitude. Right. It's huge. Mm-hmm. But they do an excellent job. They, yes. They must make a lot of money. They do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my brunch story. Uh, my friend's from England... Uh, I knew them when I lived in Atlanta. Uh, We went to school together, and then um, our families just both moved separate ways. Um, But we stayed in touch over the years, and two summers ago, uh, my friend came back to the States for the first time in 10 years, and he went down to Atlanta to visit some friends he still had down there, and then I brought him back up to Chattanooga to show him around where I live now. He did not know what brunch was. So I took him to his first brunch. What? We went to Stir. Where's the, so this guy's English, right? Mm-hmm. Where was he living? He kind of lived all over. He was a, he's from Cambridge, and then they lived, he went to university in Bournemouth, and then That's crazy. he lived in Belfast for a little bit, and then Derry or Londonderry, whatever you call it. Right, right. Um, and then, gosh, I can't remember where else he... He lives somewhere else in between that, but he lives back in Cambridge That's now. That's unbelievable. He's never heard of brunch or never been to brunch. He's never been to brunch. So I was like, okay, I'm taking you to brunch. Mm-hmm. I have, have to take you to brunch. Right. He never had a mimosa. Wow. So when I order, of course, I sit down and the first thing I do is just like a double mimosa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you, <laughs> like, you don't have to have to say things to the waiter at that place. You yes. just kind of hold your fingers up. <laughs> yeah. Times two, please, sir. He yep. knows what's going on. And my friend was just like, what's a mimosa? And I was just like, it's champagne and orange juice. And he goes, that sounds quite nice. I believe I'll have one too. And I was just like, cool, this will be great. So I, we each got our mimosas and cheers. And I took a sip. He pounded it. Loved like it. treated it like a shot and I was like you don't shoot it you just sip it and he goes guess I'll just get another <laughs> <laughs> for a dollar it doesn't matter yeah I was like well it's dollars so. never had a mimosa no that's it was... what an experience did his eyes light up when he tasted he did. it yeah he was like it's quite nice quite nice yeah no yeah. they are we call them bucks fizz in England oh okay we don't necessarily well some people I expect call them mimosas but most people call them like bucks fizz interesting yeah but they are delicious, mm-hmm. and they're so drinkable. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure I agree with you. You're not supposed to shut it, because that's what I do. <laughs> Especially the first one. It's so cold, and you're like, whoop. Especially on, like, a hot summer day, and you just need it. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Um, Flying Squirrel does grapefruit mimosas as well, where they do grapefruit juice and champagne. Mm. I'm not sure I would like that, though. Because grapefruit juice bitter. is real tart. Yeah. I'll stick to the classic, I think. I I'd have so a try, too. but I think I'll stick to the classic. Yes. All right, actually finish this off this time. What are we doing? Are we doing a last one? All right. Yes. What is your good luck charm? 
Oof. I don't know. Do you have one? Kind of, sort of. It's not really a good luck charm. Um, I have this little stuffed animal duck that my dad and I kind of like stumbled upon at the grocery store one day. Um, the university that my, both my parents went to was playing for the national championship right. um, in basketball one night. Okay. My dad and I had gone to the grocery store just to like pick up a couple things and it was right around Easter. So the right. grocery store had all sorts of Easter treats and goodies and sure. things and they had a display of different colored pastel ducks and they had one that was in the same color as our team. My dad was like, oh, it's a Carolina blue duck. We should pick it up. And we did, and they won the national championship that night. Well, that's a way cooler story than anything I can come up with. So that's, a good, I have, that's a good thing. I have my lucky duck. Lucky duck. I have taken him on job <laughs> interviews. <laughs> have you? I have, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Just uh, kind of hiding him in my purse. <laughs> that's fantastic. See, I sometimes wish I had a purse to store some stuff in. It's not, it's not acceptable as a male. Um, what? Charm. I don't know that I've, I have one. Something I need to get, I suppose. Is no lucky charm kind of sad? Do I need one? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think really hard. Nothing. <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing. I'm just unlucky, I suppose. <sighs> no, I don't know. You'll stumble upon something. Yeah, I'll find something. Oh, yeah. I'll find something. We'll do a follow-up episode and yes. I'll ask you what your good yes. luck charm is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now we're actually going to wrap up. Um, we're going to talk more about your bar or speakeasy. Um, so we kind of touched on this earlier about, like, Chattanooga doesn't really have a speakeasy. Right. Um, and it's really about, like, bringing that vibe and kind of fusing the speakeasy style with elements of, like, London and what you grew up with. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, what specific elements from, like, your upbringing in England are you hoping to really, like, shine through here? Wow, good question. Um, I think the difference with drinking culture in America and England is quite different. You probably saw it when you went over there, but when we say, let's go for a, let's go out, let's go to the pub, let's go for a drink, mm -hmm. the, no one's even thinking about food. It's, nope. not even a, it's not even a question. Like, when you say, oh, we're just going to go out, like, that isn't even in, in the equation, you know? I'll say to my mates, let's go for a few beers. No one's thinking... Where can I get a burger along the way? It's going to be like a kebab at the end of the night, maybe. I don't know <laughs> if you had one. Up. Yeah, soak it all up. Maybe a pack of nuts or chips. Maybe both. Who knows? Um, so at this place, I really want to make us like an out-and-out -out bar. We, do, we are going to do food. Mm -hmm. a, a really simple food menu, just done well. I just want to make it an out-and-out -out bar so we have that kind of pub uh, vibe. The other thing with that is... Cocktail bars, I feel like, has gone through a weird phase in the last few years where they've become really serious. Everything's mm -hmm. really serious, and the bartender's the most in, like intense person, and it's really almost stuffy or intimidating. And I've spoken to a lot of people that feel this way too. I want to kind of meld those two ideas of the pub, where you're very comfortable, you know people, you're a regular, as we were talking about earlier, but with a potentially higher quality product than a, just a, a pint of beer or... or whatever and give a, a great quality product as well and kind of fuse those two ideas together if that makes any yeah. sense <laughs> mm -hmm. so that, i guess that's where that's where we, we what we're, i'm bringing from home mm -hmm. uh, of course all along the menu when we do release the menu and we do open there are 
things, little stories, little anecdotes we've taken from the whole of Britain, not just England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland too, um, which I hope that people will be interested in because we have a long tradition. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at. So we've been sipping on Old Fashioned in a Manhattan, and yeah. you mentioned the Earl Grey drink earlier. Yeah. Um, what other types of cocktails do you hope to have? Ooh, a really balanced menu. I've been working, I've been going crazy over this menu, you know, just we're reworking it and making sure I've got a tequila drink there and have we got a bourbon drink. Do we have enough bourbon drinks for the Southern palate? We need to make <laughs> sure there's enough bourbon on. Um, if you ask me, there's no such thing as too much bourbon. Right, no, exactly. There you go. But we've got a th other things in there as well, like vodka. Uh, we're just going to have a fun, fun menu. Mm -hmm. I really want our staff as well to be a big part of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just be a dictator and say this is the way we're having it and we keep menu. I really want us to have a, a fresh menu, seasonal menu, so change things up quite often and mm -hmm. have some special stuff on there. But it's got to be fun. Um, in time, we'll find out the bar's identity and what makes a, a drink a London calling drink. Is, mm -hmm. it, is it quick? Is it, is it easy drinking? Is it something we have spectacular presentation over of course all of those things is what we want to achieve but in time we'll find where those drinks are going i think and that's an exciting part mm -hmm. um i'm really excited to release the menu i think the menu is something that you chattanooga's ne not necessarily have seen something like this before um so it's exciting to put it out there eventually mm -hmm. when we get there uh, so I was browsing y'all's website a couple days ago, yeah. and I saw something about a membership. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, dude. So we launched the 100 Club, so okay. we're only selling 100 of them, and only before the doors open, because the discounts are too good to, to, to keep giving yeah. away, essentially. Um, but there was a famous prohibition bar called the, the 300 Club, mm -hmm. so we've kind of taken that and then the 100 Club. And it just gives you a, a bunch, bunch of basic benefits. But we wanted to create something that's really cool and exclusive. So mm -hmm. it's already kind of cool and exclusive in the fact that it's a speakeasy. We wanted to create something that people could feel like a part of the place, like they'd helped from the very start, being a member of it and in sort of a club. And again, build those relationships, like I say. And hopefully those 100 people will end up being our regulars mm -hmm. kind of thing. But yeah, please check out the website. <laughs> please check out the website and see mm -hmm. the benefits. It's, it's probably too long for me to list them all here, but there are some great, mm -hmm. great benefits on there too. If it's yeah, I was impressed. I I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I mean, so this bar is. It keep, people keep telling me this. This bar is different to anything Chattanooga's seen before. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing a kind of European way, I guess, of doing business. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that big city bar in a small city. Mm -hmm. Just a different way of doing things. I'm, I'm excited to see when people say, wow, I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me like... And there's awesome. not a lot of this type stuff on this part of town. Right. Which is awesome. Oh, man, this place excites me so much. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on Cherry Street, by the way. Um, address to, to be given. But uh, yeah, Cherry Street is where we are. And obviously, Michael Rice is two doors down doing mm -hmm. Mad Priest coffee and cocktails. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Uh, yeah, they should do really well, too. And I'm excited for us to bring people together on this in this area of town. Obviously, mm -hmm. the south side has boomed. Now we've got West Village has boomed. The Edwin's just gone up and downtown. Mm -hmm. But this part, the Innovation District, seems mostly untouched. Mm -hmm. but there's so many beautiful buildings. Mm -hmm. And with me coming in here, Michael going a couple doors down, we've got Burns Cigar Shop. And then, of course, you can see this alley we've got at the back way, which is Passageways 2.0, the project. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't wait to see what they do with all this. Oh, too. I hope we can do um, 
open container so you can get a cigar down that the road down the so road it nice. burns come for a cocktail here decide you want to go to mad priest come back you know and you can do open container on station street i think you can yeah and you can drive down there where you can't drive down here Mm-mm. so there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to get it but we will see mm-hmm. were see. you living here when they did passageways the first time no but i stumbled across that when i was visiting once next to the tivoli right yeah yeah I stumbled across there with the the building blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed that one. That one was my favorite. It's super cool. There's actually an installation just around the corner, like a mirrored chandelier yep. from that was one of the first ones. from Sydney, which is really cool, and mm-hmm. that's staying there permanently. So that's nice. Cool. There was a bamboo one um, across the street in one of these little alleys, and it was just a bunch of bamboo sticks right. hanging of different lengths. That, like, when you looked up, it it was. That's super cool. They do a lot of like cool stuff around the city. It's so it's so great they're doing this. But mm-hmm. I've got such high hopes for this area. I think I think obviously the downtown area is quite touristy without trying to be rude to anything. But it's very touristy. Southside is, again is is moving in a way like that. And I hope that this place for me more than anything will be a place where locals come. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of offices around here. There's a lot of apartment blocks building and mm-hmm. if we can bring a lot of traffic down here which i'm sure we can because it's a fantastic area yeah and even the edney's not that far from here right uh yeah just around the corner we've got uh honest pint up there mm-hmm. um the tomorrow f- building's right there yeah and a few other places obviously the palace theater as well a great little place so mm-hmm. i hope we can start building something really special yeah. here yeah i'm super excited i cannot wait to see how like all this comes together because my boss was telling me a couple weeks ago about the new like alleyway and passageway stuff and now i'm just like all right let's go i want to see this now (laughs) oh man it's super cool we can't wait i want to do uh shows out there like prohibition shows in summer oh like live music yeah 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 well and even some crazier stuff like circus kind of stuff that would be kind of cool. like sideshow type stuff right right that would be fun um, yeah, it should be fantastic. We're so lucky they're doing it, so hopefully we can make the most of it. So do you have an anticipated opening date or time frame? Well, knock on wood. Uh, I'm targeting late November. Okay. Right now. We'll see. Things obviously change. That's where I'm, I'm pushing as hard as I can for that. Um, but we will be open before Christmas if worse comes to worse. But awesome. I'm sure we'll be able to open up where we can, where I said. So late November is where we're going. Perfect. For. Yeah. Just in time for my birthday. There we go. I've had, a cu- I've had a couple of people reach out to me already saying, I hope you're open for my birthday. I hope you're open for my birthday. And I'm like, me too. I really want to open now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Oh, my goodness. That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, so where can we follow London Calling on the internet to learn more and stay up to date? Yeah. Uh, follow Instagram. So at London Calling Bar. Uh, that's B-A-R. Some people can't understand my accent very well. So. <laughs> At London Calling Bar. Uh, just London Calling on Facebook. And then www.londoncallingbar.com is, is our website too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not much on the website, I will say. It's, we're keeping it pretty gritty because it's the speakeasy, but Instagram is probably the main, mm-hmm. main place to follow us. Uh, and you're doing some little pop-up events between now and opening yeah, that I've seen kind of coming up on Facebook yeah. a little bit. I'm glad you've seen them. That means I'm doing my job properly. Yeah. Um, I saw the one uh, for Chat Whiskey that's Chat coming Whiskey. up. That's our big one. So we've got one this Thursday at Burns Cigar. We're, mm-hmm. we're giving away a few uh, tasters. Uh, but the big one is on October 12th, a Friday, um, at Chattanooga Whiskey, the distillery space down in the riverfront. Oh, gorgeous space. The big one. So we're going to take all this furniture and kind of make it feel and look like London Calling. Um, we're going to have live prohibition entertainment as well. So think flappers and, nice. and think that kind of stuff. 
um, and we're going to be selling Chattanooga whiskey cocktails, a limited series uh, menu there. Nice. But we just want to show you what we're all about. Um, we're super excited because we don't think there's anything like this in the city where it's it's not a serious bar. We just want to have fun. We just really want to have fun with you guys, the customers, the guests, and and give you a high quality product, but in a party atmosphere in a way, uh, like the good old Prohibition days, I suppose. So that's our big event there. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing a third one at American Draft on November 3rd. Okay. And then... That hopefully gives enough taster to people mm -hmm. that know what we're about. Nice little teasers. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and again, it's something I don't think the city's seen too much like a pop-up bar of. I don't know if there's been one before, or many at least. They started to come up in the last like couple years that yeah. I've noticed. So it's, I'm not from Chattanooga. I didn't grow up here or anything. So from my perspective, it seems like a new thing. At least in the time that I've lived here, yeah. it's getting to be more popular. Right. So yeah, we, we just wanted to kind of show you guys, give everyone a little teaser and... Uh, yeah, have some fun with it as well. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. And me last too. question. Yes. Was the name at all inspired by the Clash song? Yes, 100%. <laughs> yes, thank you. You noticed that reference as well. Oh, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I always say London Calling, and they kind of, sometimes if they don't understand, I'm like, the Clash. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah the Clash. I'm like, yes, they got it. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, James, thank you so much for joining me. Thank it has been an so absolute much. pleasure to talk to you. Cannot wait to get here and have some some more cocktails. Yeah, I, the maple old fashioned was good. I'm glad you liked just it. what I needed. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. No, thank you so much for having me, and can't wait to take care of you when you come to the bar when we open. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come and get that Earl Grey drink. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna give it a try. Definitely. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, and thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Nougat Bell Podcast, and I'll catch you on the next one.